You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 51 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, as he always is, our other host, the guy that runs our Twitter page, and a very fine gentleman at that, my good brother, Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 51 of the DCAU Review. Yeah, I'm excited. We're uh, we're finishing up our Elseworlds Batman month here as we uh, continue to celebrate the 80th anniversary of The Dark Knight with uh, yet another alternate version of, of, the, of Bruce Wayne, another TV series, this one the most recent uh, Batman animated series, this one uh, 3D animated, in fact, Beware the Batman. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a different spin on things, and it's weird that this is the most recent of uh, to think like this is the most recent of the iterations of Batman. It's been that long since we've had a, a new interpretation of uh, of Batman on the air. But uh, you're right, this is completely different than what we're used to in our 2D drawing animation. Uh, even the digital animation later of the Justice League interpretations of Batman Lee. And this is uh this is basically if Pixar had the rights to Batman <laughs> uh and decided they were gonna do a animated series, uh this may be what it would look like. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good way to describe it. Um a lot of uh it's a lot of you know big barrel chested men and uh, a lot of very strong jaw lines and uh the uh, the the creature uh, some of the the villains are very uh, very colorful uh, literal and figuratively uh, but I I I like the world I I think it's an it's an, it certainly it does a pretty good job I think of setting itself up right from the get go as uh, its its own animal absolutely so this uh, just a little background uh, this de- uh, series debuted on July 13, 2013 uh, on Cartoon Network, it, uh, following up replacing Batman Brave and the Bold, which we've covered a couple episodes of. Um, and uh, it was, it sort of started out controversial from the get-go. I remember uh, towards, uh, I think the beginning of 2012, maybe, uh, they released some some artwork for this, uh, announcing that it was going to be coming out, and uh, there was <laughs> some uproar immediately because there was a shot uh, on the initial artwork of Alfred, and Alfred is carrying uh, two guns uh, standing alongside Batman. Yeah. Uh, and I remember there being some controversy about that. Of course, you know, people were upset that Batman's number one thing is he doesn't use guns. So why would he be standing alongside Alfred, uh, who is also supposed to be on his side regardless? And and it's <laughs> it's I don't know, like it was it started out controversial from the get go. Um, any thoughts on, on Alfred carrying guns in the, in the promo work? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that was actually, that was, uh, described the, the series was developed and, uh, created by a couple of DCAU veterans, Glenn Murakami, who of course also was the head producer on the Teen Titans show definitely, and also Butch Lukic, who was a long-term, uh, story, uh, storyboard artist and director for, uh, several different DCAU projects. So. Uh, and I remember reading an interview with Glenn Murakami at the time, basically saying, well, 
I wanted to do promo art that featured Alfred because he's a prominent character. And not that I really, I didn't, basically he said something along the lines of, I didn't know what else to do with Alfred. He couldn't be holding like a tray in, <laughs> in the promo art. He had to be doing something sort of heroic. And uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe they could have just had him putting up his dukes or something. But, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was certainly, I do remember, I do remember people being uh, a bit concerned about that. I think just maybe concerned about the idea of Alfred being like an active crime fighter, which as we get into the show, that's really not what his role is, at least in this first episode, but he is a, a much more of a physical uh, presence in this series than he has been in any other interpretation of Batman we've, uh, we've watched up until now. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, going out f- further from this, I think the most recent uh, non-movie uh, and non-cartoon versions of Batman, the live-action show Gotham, which um, I think I've pro- I probably watched the first four seasons or so. Their interpretation of Alfred was much along the same lines of of the uh, former secret agent uh, that you know worked worked uh, in uh, was it M M six or M I six M I six. And uh, ironically, there's an you know I saw a, a new trailer for the the new Pennyworth series that that DC is working on or debuting soon, which actually follows a very similar storyline of Alfred being a a uh, former secret agent and his time as a secret agent. So I think that they just more or less were reinventing the character. We've seen we've seen the Alfred uh, of being Batman's loyal butler that brings in the sandwiches. Of course, hashtag our Alfred, uh, as, you know, Ephraim Zemblis Jr. is is the the confidant and certainly the uh, sometimes comic relief uh, in, in character in, in Batman, the animated series. But yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't blame the creators of the show wanting to go in a different direction with the Alfred character and, and try something new. Um, him holding, like Murakami said, him, him holding a tray in the promo art probably wouldn't have been very exciting. But um, interestingly enough, and we'll get into our scores here in just a moment, but uh, this show only lasted one season on Cartoon Network. Uh, it was kind of a, a weird, a weird, weird thing that happened. They, they debuted um, most of the episodes on Cartoon Network, and then suddenly they kind of, it just kind of disappeared. And then there wasn't really an announcement of what happened. And then they sort of just kind of blew out the final seven episodes kind of unannounced. And uh, speculation was that it was kind of a financial failure. It was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of 3D animation. There was stuff that because of the way they they sort of filmed uh, you know, the the series, it couldn't it, it made it expensive to do, which is a little bit sad um, because it's been since 2013, obviously now since we've had a Batman cartoon on the air. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So so overall thoughts of this, um, you know, and then we'll jump right into our, our plots. Is it, it's 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 exciting because you always want to see Batman on the screen, Liam. But yeah. Uh, I totally understand why if this wasn't a financial success, uh, you know, it, it didn't, the first episode overall didn't grab me and say, man, I want to see 20 more episodes of this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, you could, probably could have done, there isn't a lot of action, quite frankly, in this, uh, in this episode, at least in a traditional sense, you get a, a little bit of Batman fighting some thugs at the beginning. 
and uh, you sort of you get a little car chase, and then at the end you sort of have Batman come in to save the day. But there isn't a, a, a lot, a lot of uh, action, and so yeah, if it didn't, I can understand you saying or anyone watching saying that it maybe didn't grab them right away, especially because unfortunately, even though this was very much trying to be its own thing, I think when you have to, if you're doing an animated Batman series, it's always going to be compared to everything that's come before it. So doing that sort of non-traditional approach to the storytelling itself, uh, using some villains that really haven't been ever used or uh, certainly haven't been used prominently in uh in anything outside of some comics uh you know professor pig is sort of the the big villain of, of this episode along with his assistant mr toad and i know the, you know the villain magpie is is pretty heavily featured later on in the series so uh, it's kind of one of those things where uh, you're a little damned if you do damned if you don't i think they they tried to stay away from the jokers and and the penguins and tried to maybe put the spotlight on some newer characters or some different characters. And uh, But you're right. When you do that, you also run the risk of maybe uh, losing people before they even really get a feel for what the show is. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. Um, general thoughts on choosing to go that route of not... You know, we we watched the first episode of The Batman a couple weeks ago, and they elected to go first episode Joker. Um, this is the very first episode, and from what I can tell, based on obviously, I haven't. This is the I've only watched one episode of this, but from reading a summary, they never really get into Joker. Never shows up on the show. You never have a Penguin appearance, Riddler. Um, sort of your top tier. They do eventually introduce Rachel Ghoul and Killer Croc. Um, but the rest of the rest of the, the cast, as you said, Magpie, Anarchy, Phosphorus Rex, um, Lady Shiva, Humpty Dumpty, guys yeah. that haven't have not been used in uh, prominently or aren't maybe are not the first Batman villains that you think of when it comes to Batman's rogues. Yeah, I- Again, it's tough because I I like the idea of trying it, and I think specifically Professor Pig is like one of the more interesting characters that's been created in Batman comics in the last fifteen or twenty years. Mm-hmm. He was created during uh, Grant Morrison's run at the uh, the end of the two uh, thousands or, or you know the oh oh one to oh nines. What what do you call those? The aughts. The aughts. Yeah. <laughs> the aughts uh, during the the Batman R.I.P. run. Um, I really like that character. We don't really see him in the in the same exact traditional way that he's been portrayed in the comics, but um so I like the idea of getting to see things we haven't seen before. So for me it worked and because maybe because I've watched every other, you know, every other interpretation of Batman and animation uh, you know, several times. So this to me personally it felt like a breath of fresh air, but like I said, I, c- I can understand why someone else who maybe isn't as well-versed in Batman but sort of knows the basics, if they turn on this show and see him fighting a guy in a pig mask and, a, and some frog that can, uh, you know, has a sonic, sonic cry, maybe, that's, maybe that doesn't <laughs> grab you the same way that, uh, you know, the clown does. Sure, sure. That makes I, – I think that's fair. Um, all right, let's jump into our scores then uh, and – 
so as we always do, we have our four different scores. We'll start with our plot, Liam. Um, plot, basically, uh, we're, we're not given much background, uh, unlike the Batman. Uh, we can kind of figure out that this is fairly early on in Batman's career. Uh, based on some of his interactions with Alfred and Alfred's deep concern over protecting Batman. Again, uh, Alfred is positioned more as Bruce's bodyguard slash butler, as opposed to just his, you know, the guy that makes me sandwiches as, as Dick Grayson says in the DCAU. (laughs) Um, So the, the plot is, is that someone is targeting uh, some of Gotham's wealthiest uh, businessmen, one of whom happens to be Simon Stagg, who is also an interesting first episode uh, appearance here. Him, him, of course, of Stagg industry fame, um, who plays a, a somewhat prominent role in the Justice League uh, DCAU series. Um, also, Michael Holt, who some of us may know as the alter ego for Mr. Terrific, uh, is also hunted. And uh, turns out, like you said, to be Mr. Pig, or uh, sorry, Professor Pig and Mr. Toad, uh, these two characters uh, with heavy British accents and um, who are targeting them to take revenge. And then they, they turn towards Bruce Wayne. They turn their eyes on Bruce Wayne and end up capturing Alfred in the meantime. Then Batman has to save Alfred, Simon Stagg, and the artist formerly known as Mr. Terrific uh, from, from the villains. There's some car chases and uh, Batman saves them in the end. The very end, Alfred does introduce uh, Bruce's new protector who I assume they're setting up for down in, down the road in the series um, is his goddaughter uh, who turns out to be Katana. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of the plot? I, I liked it overall. Um, like I said, uh, even acknowledging that it's sort of a non-traditional way to, to start off a series. Um, I mean, they, they keep everything pretty simple, but it's, you get, you get from the, the first time we meet Batman, he's sort of in the shadows and he's fighting off these two thugs, but he's a little careless and he gets beat up. We almost immediately cut to, uh, to Alfred (laughs) attacking him in his bed, (laughs) uh, in Wayne Manor, sort of trying to make sure he's ready for everything. As you mentioned, sort of that, that role that he's taken on in uh, in Gotham, or if uh, if you've ever read Jeff Johns' uh, Batman Earth One book, it's mm-hmm. a similar sort of thing where Alfred is not just as you mentioned, not even not just the butler, is uh, also sort of training training Bruce and then trying to make sure that he's as ready as as anyone else can be, uh, you know, as ready as he can be to to go out and face all these these monsters and murderers. And uh, yeah, you intercut that with uh, with the Professor Pig and Mister Toad, who are basically upset that this uh, this uh, this marshlands were were bought out by this this conglomerate of these three different companies, uh, and then was sort of they sort of uh, dr- I guess tra- uh, literally drained the swamp and then <laughs> didn't do anything with the area and sort of let it just go to hell and. And a lot of animals uh, lost their habitat because of it. So it's it's almost a little bit of a you know a poison ivy type, and you know the, they're almost sort of like the the eco terrorist villains. They're sort of taking that uh, that tact with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, you know as far as introducing uh, people to a brand new world, like you said, characters you may not be familiar with. 
Um, and I think introducing you to, okay, how is this Batman? You know, this is the fifth Batman, you know, not counting like super friends and all that. Like this is the fifth Batman um, interpretation that, that, or so that we'll be, we'll be going through here. So let's, you know, how does, what does this look like? You know, how, how is this different and what do I have to know about this guy and doing so, but not also dragging that out and making it feel like uh, a burden to, to have to learn about yeah. Batman and taking every, and, and, you know, treating your audience like they're, they're stupid. Um, so I, I think they did a good enough job in, in differentiating themselves from other interpretations of Batman. Um, I think, I think the plot is fine, you know, with, with these characters, I didn't, I wasn't offended by anything. I didn't think it was, it's, it's hard because it's the, it's the debut. It's the pilot episode of a program. So it's, you know, we talked about this when we did the on leather wings and, you know, you're introducing people to this brand new world and getting them to feel comfortable, but also not overwhelming them. And, um, you know, this, these are not characters, this interpretations of these characters, are not ones that we're necessarily familiar with, um, or comfortable with yet. So, uh, for all that reason, for all those reasons, I gave plot a six out of 10. You know, I think it's, it's good. It's solid. Um, I know I think I could have used a little more um, Batman hand-to-hand combat. I think there was a little bit lacking in that. I think that very first scene actually uh, where he's taking on the, the guy, the bank robbers or the guys that are, that are, is was a great setup i thought it was done really well it's it was straight out of like a batman movie i would have enjoyed more of that in the uh in the episode but uh there wasn't much hand-to-hand combat with uh, professor pig and, and mr toad yeah i'm uh i'm right in that same bar ballpark i liked it a little bit more i gave it seven out of ten um okay. i i liked i liked the basic nature of alfred sort of telling him at the beginning hey, you need to let me help you. You need to let other people in. And Bruce kind of doesn't want to. And then by the end, we learn a lesson because you know, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce points out that if we, uh, you know, if he had sort of done dug a little deeper, if he had done a little more detective work, he would have known that Bruce Wayne's name was attached to this project and he could have probably better prepared and, and obviously avoided Alfred getting captured. So... And then at the end, obviously, as you said, they introduced the the, the future Katana into the show and uh, uh, as his new bodyguard. So it's sort of the beginnings of, of Batman going from sort of the, the loner vigilante to the, uh, you know, to sort of building his own little makeshift family there. It, uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought I thought it was a, a so- very solid for what it was. <laughs> Quick th- thoughts on introducing Batman, a bodyguard for Batman, and that bodyguard being Katana, as opposed to Batman having a protege like a Robin. Yeah, it's again, it just feels like they wanted to try to tell a story that hasn't been told yet. I know they later on in the series introduced Barbara Gordon as Oracle, and uh, it yeah, just to me, it felt like they they for whatever reason didn't didn't want to do a Robin right away. And so they, and I guess they wanted the, the, the uh, partner to be more of an equal and more of someone that's prepared for anything rather than, as you mentioned, a, a protege or a student for Batman to teach. So I, again, it's, it's, it's unorthodox, but I don't, I don't dislike it. That's good. That's fair. I take that. 
All right, let's move on to our animation, Liam. Um, so I, I kind of went back and forth on this a little bit. Um, I'm not a fan of the Batman design. Um, something weird about his eyes. I don't know what, okay. what's what's up with them. It would feel like they're they're upside down. Like they took the normal Batman eyes and they flipped them upside <laughs> down or something like that. Um, and his all his costume appears to be all black uh, or something. It's hard to tell. Like the promo art looks like it may be a little gray, but it also kind of looks like an all black suit. Which it's a little, it's a little reminiscent are, of the uh, the Nolan, the Chris Nolan, uh, yeah, Christian Bale suit. Which to me. Um, not not the biggest fan of, of of if you're going to model a suit after any of the Batman suits, not the biggest fan of the uh, the Nolan Batman suits. Um, but to each their own. Um, with that said, though, um, I think we mentioned one of the reasons why this was canceled was because of the expense uh, that they had to go through in each episode. Which I'd be interested in watching a few episodes after this to see uh, if it continued that way. But it it is really done really well visually as far as camera angles and the way that that things look it's done it's presented in a way that appears to be uh very cinematic um reminds me of a way that a movie is shot um one of one of the scenes uh that opening scene that i talked about batman where batman is stopping the the robbers uh first of all the i i love the beginning where it pans down from the top of the building it looks harkens back to the batman the animated series intro um, where the, the robbers are outside the building and, and there's an explosion. Um, but that interaction there is filmed so incredibly well. The cut, the cuts back and forth between, you know, the faces of, of Batman, the face of the villain, and then yeah. back behind the villain's back where he's taunting him done really, really well. Um, I think cinematically it looks very well. Um, the characters out of their costume, you know, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, uh, like I said, Pixar, like The Incredibles, or you know, if you saw any of the Green Lantern, the animated series that they did uh, around this time, very similar animation to that. Yeah. Um, so it takes some getting used to, I think. But uh, I liked it overall. I gave animation a seven out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, uh, a little stronger than that. I went nine out of ten. Oh wow. Um, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it for, for a lot of the uh, reasons you mentioned. Just the the visuals of it is, you know, a lot of, a lot of, especially if you mentioned that opening scene where Batman's mostly in shadow and then as the, the thug fires the gun, he sort of, you know, it, it illuminates it and you, you see Batman in, in all his glory and, and just the way everybody moves, I think is really interesting. Uh, I liked the vehicles. I liked the, I liked the way the Batmobile looked. I liked the Professor Pigs and uh, Mr. Toad's little car that they're driving around in. I thought a yeah, lot of cool. the uh, the design work they did in the series is uh, uh, is really tremendous, and as you mentioned, the the animation and the just the way it was shot and some of the different camera tricks they use it's it's really well done. You can tell this is real high level stuff as far as a three D animation for a TV series goes. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really good. I I like I like the look of Batman for the most part. I, I like the it's it's an age old debate, you know, how long should Batman's ears be? <laughs> um, uh, you know, some people are Jim Lee guys, some people are are uh, you know Kelly Johnson guys, and uh, you know, there's, a, there's a few in, in between, or Kelly Jones. Um, yeah, there's a few uh, few 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 different uh, 
options in between, but I, I like, I like the long bat ears on this suit and, uh, I like, I like the general look of it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this visually. I, I thought the, the part at the end when they're sort of escaping from the compound and all these different explosions going off and Batman sort of running and doing a little bit of parkour as he's jumping out of the, of, of the burning building, I thought was really well done. And, yeah, you know, glides out of the building, crashes through a window as it's all exploding behind him. It was really, really well done. And, uh, yeah, I definitely can believe that this had a probably about as big a budget as any superhero cartoon ever has. Yeah, it, it, like when I read that the reason why it was canceled was due to expensive production, it, it kind of made sense. Um, neat little fact here, this episode was actually directed by... Um, a guy named Sam Liu, who is another sort of uh, DC animation veteran, oh, uh, yes. uh, direct, directed um, Justice League Gods and Monsters and uh, Justice League versus the Teen Titans, Killing Joke, Judas yes, Contract. Fatal Five. But yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, Batman, Harley Quinn. There you go. He, he's done a lot, a lot of good stuff. Um, so it, it, it fits that you know, the guys that have been doing this for a long time want to make it visually interesting and not just a, a static, you know, your characters are moving on a flat piece of, you know, even though this is 3d, like you're a flat screen, like your, your characters are just moving around. Uh, it's designed to look cinematically interesting, I think. So, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I, I don't disagree with a high score for this one. So that's, that's good. All right, William, let's move to music now. Um, before we went on the air, I asked you, um, did uh, did this episode have music in it? <laughs> and then we, we commented, we commented. so there is an original uh, theme song that you heard on the intro coming in here that is done by a group named the Dum Dum Girls. <laughs> yes, apparently they are an indie rock band. Um, and they did the the Batman theme. I like it. Um, yeah, it's, it's different. I don't know that it fits the tone. Like I, it's, I've, I don't know. I felt like it was a little bit too light, light of a song based on the dark. Like this, this show seems to be a little bit darker. There wasn't as much humor in it. And especially like visually it's dark also. Um, so I, I thought it was, thought it was interesting that this, this theme, I don't, I don't, again, this is the only episode of this that I've seen. Uh, so I don't know what the tone is throughout the rest of it. Uh, if it lightens up at all, not a lot of jokes to be had, not a lot of, a lot of, uh, of, of, I don't know. So I, it, the tone didn't necessarily match the, the show to me, but it, I liked the song. Um, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, what did you think of the music uh, for this episode? Yeah, well, as as you've mentioned, there there wasn't a lot to it. it was, not that there wasn't any music. It was just it was just sort of felt like uh, your sort of average sort of placeholder. Uh, you know, when tensions building, there's some strings and uh, and sort of some background, sort of you know, creepy or dramatic. Uh, you know, some sort of dramatic horn would play or something when the when the villains first come on screen but yeah there's not there's not a there's there's an absence of a you know a particular theme when you think of you know shirley walker's superman theme or or uh you know you know the batman beyond theme or something like that that plays or even that even that familiar like uh, fight scene music that you might hear in a batman beyond episode or something isn't really there there's a sort of a triumphant moment when 
when Batman finally enters the scene as as uh, Professor Pig and uh, and Mr. Toad are about to uh, attack Alfred and the uh, the two billionaires, but other than that, it's it's kind of a non-factor. So I mean, I gave music four out of ten just because not that the music there is bad, but I thought if there was a bit more of a a pronounced theme when when Batman first enters the fray or or you know something really sort of over the top and wacky when you see Mr. Toad for the first time or something that that could have maybe added a lot to the atmosphere of it. Yeah, I actually had the same exact score of 4 <laughs> out of 10. Imagine that. Um, you know, I I think that when you're coming off of you know, it's so hard. It's so hard as we've already mentioned in this uh, in this. You have three or four other Batman um, interpretations that you're comparing this to it's its own thing. So it's hard to kind of let it stand on its own. So you want to, but at the same time, the things that we've talked about that have made Batman, the animated series. So iconic wasn't just the fact that it was written so well, wasn't the fact that the voice performances were so great. It was the, you know, the music is a huge part of that. As we, as we've discussed in our, in a lot of our 50 previous episodes is music plays a huge role. Music matters in those episodes. And a lot of times that can take a mediocre episode and make it great or can make a, you know, a great episode or a, a decent episode and, and take it down a notch or two. So um, now that the, this was uh Compose the music is just it's by a composer German composer Frederick Weidman who um, you know has done a bunch of other DC animated films and stuff so you know I, I and he also did Green Lantern the animated series apparently um, so I guess what the sound that they were going for is something more background something more that isn't necessarily focused on that um, and isn't meant to draw attention I guess per se but I think you're right I think having it's hard not to compare this <laughs> to yeah. other, other interpretations. And even, even whether it's um, beware the Batman, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, brave and the bold or the Batman music plays an important role in, in those other two series. So when you, when you look at this in a vacuum, sure, it's just one episode, but for this one episode, I thought, you know, it could have used something. Also, it's really, really, really difficult when you don't have a, a standard Batman theme, you know, like yeah. Batman has his own, has his own theme. So it would be interesting to figure out if they establish something as, as more of a Batman theme later on in the episodes. All right, Liam, uh, we'll move on to our final category of the day, which is voice acting. We have a couple of well-known voices in this, uh, this week's episode and a couple of newcomers. Uh, who do we have of note to talk about today? So, I mean, first and foremost, you have Anthony Revivar as Batman. Uh, he's known for a few different roles. Uh, he's in Starship Troopers. And, it's a cult classic. And a few other movies like that. So he's, uh, you know, pretty... Uh, I think he does an all right job. I don't think he's... He's not my favorite Batman of the, of the, of the four that we've uh, looked at this month. He might be number four on that list for me. Yeah, he reminded me a lot of the of the Telltale game Batman. Um, hmm. If you've played any of plenty of that, I actually liked and got used to the Telltale Batman voice. I actually think he probably did a little bit better of a job uh, than this yeah. performance did. But it was in, it was the same in a similar vein. It was just kind of I don't know, just it, it lacked a little bit of 
a little bit of punch wasn't awful but it just it was it's just missing something i think yeah i would agree with that and uh, even it was something like uh you know the batman there the the dichotomy between bruce and alfred it was such a big part of that series and and coming to this and that's again as we mentioned plot is such a, a big part of this episode is sort of alfred telling bruce you know you need to let me help you you need to let people in um, and they're back and forth. I, th- I think, uh, as we'll get to in a second, the, the voice actor who plays Alfred is, is good in his role. But yeah, it's just a little, a little something to be, uh, to be desired from, from Mr. Uh, Review Bar's performance as Batman. But again, as you mentioned, it's, it's just the first episode. I'm, I'm sure he had some time to hopefully grow into the role and, uh, and, and give better performances as the series went on. Sure. But uh, we also have, as, as the aforementioned Alfred, we have uh, J.B. Blanc who, among other things, was on uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, I assume playing the same character. Oh, interesting. Uh, played a doctor, I believe, on that series, and played a, a lot of other uh, t- television series guest star work. So uh, I really enjoy him as Alfred, especially this sort of version, the the rough and tough version of Alfred. I think he's really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a different, if it's certainly a different voice. We've talked a lot about Alfred voices on this show, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think it lines up. It's, it's the, the interpretation, this interpretation of Alfred needs to, like you said, be more, more tough, more, less refined. Um, at, they did the same thing in the Gotham TV series is they made a more of a, it's more of a Cockney accent than a, than a smooth, you know, educated sounding British yeah. accent. Um, so I, I think you're right. Spot on with that. And uh, sort of some of the other cast members, we have uh, Brian George as professor pig mm-hmm. and uh, Udo Kier as uh, as Mr. Toad. I thought they do a pretty good job. Again, they're kind of just, uh, they just sort of have this kind of quirky back and forth dialogue of like being very polite. They're very polite as they're <laughs> threatening to murder people and, <laughs> and attacking Batman and, and the other and the other characters here. There, I enjoyed it. Maybe not the you know the the most memorable villain performances we've heard certainly, but I thought they did well for what their role was. Yeah, I I think they're fine. You know, it's it's I think it's it's better for them that these characters have not been used before. Um, and so you really don't have anything to compare them. If it was a Joker, if it was a Penguin, you know, you don't really. Hit, have anything to compare professor pig's voice performance to right. except may, except maybe the arkham games and that doesn't really stand out as anything memorable from my recollection yeah and uh, i believe he since then has been used in one of the uh the dc animated movies but uh yeah okay. definitely definitely not a, a, a as you mentioned a super well-known character or super overused character the way someone like uh you know a penguin or a joker is but and then sort of rounding out the cast, you have uh, Gary Anthony Williams as Michael Holt, who was uh, on one of my favorite TV series, Boston Legal. Oh, uh, yeah, classic. Uh, played a, a cross-dressing lawyer on that series. And then was uh, also in the one of the second live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, where he played... Yeah. Uh, he played either Bebop or Rocksteady. I'm not good with Ninja Turtle stuff. <laughs> I just saw that movie with Stephen Amell was in it. Okay, I got you. I get you. But uh, yeah, I thought I enjoyed him in his limited role as uh, as Michael Holt, and then we have a uh, famous voice actor. We just talked about him re- somewhat recently, but uh, Jeff Bennett as Simon Stagg, who 
uh, of course, was Johnny Bravo. And uh, within the world of DCAU, you pointed out to me that uh, we've heard his voice talents in a few DCAU projects before. Yes, right. He is the uh, voice of the disagreement alarm, uh, also <laughs> also known as Hardak. Um, and he plays Batman, I'm sorry, Joker in Batman, the brave and the bold. And he also did several voices on the Batman, including killer moth and D A V E also known as Dave, the supercomputer. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, which was a forgotten episode that I had blocked from my memory apparently, or never <laughs> saw of the Batman that you told me had quite the interesting plot that we'll have to cover. Uh, on at another time, but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely a uh, a DC animated voice actor veteran. Yeah, I thought overall, I think the the voice acting is again, I think it's 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 not perfect, it's not super great, but I think really the standout to me is, is JB Blanc as as Alfred. I I gave voice acting seven out of ten. I, I liked it. Uh, just didn't, just didn't, uh, you know, I, like I said, I thought it was solid, solid to good. Yeah. I gave, um, I gave it also six out of 10. Um, so right there, right there with you. Um, one voice we forgot to mention also was Kurtwood Smith who plays, oh, yes. uh, who, uh, of course, Red Foreman also was in, uh, from that 70s show, uh, was also in the RoboCop movies. We also just talked about him recently. He played the prosecutor in Blackest Night, uh, on Justice League, uh, the Justice League episode. Uh, so it was good. He plays Commissioner Gordon or Lieutenant James Gordon, rather. Uh, in this episode, be interested to see how much he was used in later episodes. But uh, that that was interesting to hear him him as Jim Gordon, somebody different. Um, yeah, I, I think the voice acting is, is good. I'm sure it's something that the characters, uh, the more that you invest in it, the more you get used to hearing the characters and be interested in hearing more more performances. I think you are spot on as far as uh, Alfred's performance is really good. The the last scene uh, where he, he kind of, he kind of has this uh, emotional breakdown with Bruce and explains to him that he's not going to be able to be there to protect him forever. Uh, yeah. But because he, he made this promise uh, after Bruce's parents, uh, you know, died that he was going to do whatever it took to protect Bruce. Um, that uh, that whole that whole scene there is done really really well, and the voice performance I thought was excellent. Um, you know, I think it's it's solid. I think there's room for improvement certainly in um, when it comes to Batman. Uh, we'd be interested to see how how his performance uh, grows uh, through this series. But uh, yeah, six out of ten for mine. All right, Liam, I think that will bring us to our final scores. Yes, it will. Which totaling up my scores, which I didn't do before. <laughs> uh, let's see here. My final score is a <laughs> as a total is 27 out of 40. Wow, that's that is high. That is higher than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, mine is 23 out of 40. So a little bit a little bit lower. Um, but, uh, I, as far as rewatchability, Liam, this is something that we've been starting to grade a lot of our shows on. What would you give this as far as rewatchability is concerned? I think this is probably, I mean, it's, it's tough for me because this is the only episode of the series I've ever saw. So I can't, right. I can't compare it to other episodes of the series, but I think if you're curious, if you just want a different take 
on Batman. Certainly, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're so you know so uber familiar with with the Kevin Conroy iteration, and you just want to see something that's really completely uh, different, its own animal. I think it's worth giving it a shot and just you know it's it's not it's the you know the standard twenty two minutes. It's not a it's not a big ask of your time. Give it a watch and, and see if it grabs you. So I'd give this a you know one thumb up as far as uh, rewatchability goes. <laughs> one thumb up. Uh, I would give it one Sonic scream <laughs> uh, from <laughs> a frog, from a to- froggy Sonic scream. Yes, from a frog like Toad character. Um, <laughs> I w- yeah, I'd say give it a whirl. I mean, it, it piqued my interest enough for me to say, okay, I will. I'll I'd be interested in watching another episode or two of this. Um, it's not exactly easy to find. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the DC universe, um, which by the way, subscribe to it. If you can remember DC universe does not pay to advertise on this program, Liam. That's true, but they could, but they could, we they would could pay take us your money just in case we would, or just like a free subscription for life to the sure. DC universe sure. or something, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. Um, but it would be cool to see them add this on too. And I'm sure eventually they will add this onto the DC universe as they add more uh, content on there. Uh, and then who knows, maybe it'll, it'll gain some more traction and, uh, you know, gain some, um, m- maybe a cult following, uh, like some of the, some of the other classic Batman, uh, s- stuff has, has, uh, that wasn't necessarily appreciated when it debuted. Yeah. And I'll say if you're, if you're just a fan of, of all of these different creators and producers and directors and storyboard artists that, you know, a lot of them did get their start on on Batman the Animated Series and or or Superman or Justice League, and uh, you know, obviously James Tucker went on to do the Brave and the Bold series and Legion of Superheroes, and then you have Glenn Murakami did uh, you know did Teen Titans and as well as as well as this series, and obviously Butch Lucas was involved as well. So if you're if you're interested in just sort of seeing if you know if you're a fan of individual producers or creators within the, the that have worked on DCAU projects and kind of want to see them stretch their legs and, and see what they would do with these characters or their, you know, their versions, their interpretations. I think this show or Brave and the Bold as I guess as we're sort of wrapping up our Elseworlds World's Batman month here. Uh, I think it's good every once in a while to just poke your head out of the, uh, the DCAU waters and just take a look at uh, what some of these other uh, brilliant creators uh uh, their their versions, their interpretations of these these great iconic characters. Could not have put it better myself. Yeah, get outside your box. Um, but Liam, that's a tremendous segue, by the way, as this does put a bow on the end of our Elseworlds month, uh, which means it's time to talk about where we're headed uh, starting next month, Liam. Uh, so we're excited to announce that. Where are we headed next month, Liam? So for the month of May, we will be continuing this hashtag Batman 80 party as we are returning to home base, the Batman the Animated Series. We're going to be finishing up uh, season one, the season one DVDs of uh, of Batman the Animated Series uh, starting next week with the episode Appointment in Crime Alley. So we're jumping right in. We had to take some time off, you see, because... (laughs) If, uh, <laughs> long-time listeners will remember the last episode of, uh, of, of BTAS that we reviewed was uh, the lowest-rated episode of any of the shows that we have watched in all uh, 51 episodes so far. 
somehow and it no the answer was it was not the underdwellers dollar no. in the underdweller jar no it was it not wasn't brave new metropolis it wasn't the underdwellers it was freaking fear of victory man that thing just put such a bad taste in our mouth we had Caught to take a we had to take a three-month hiatus <laughs> from from batman the animated series we weren't sure if it was actually any good we i was <laughs> doubting i was doubting if if we'd been wrong this whole time uh yeah uh, but, but we're yeah. excited to get back to to where we started back to uh batman the animated series uh, as we work through the the final uh, episodes of season one, and then Liam will start talking about where we're headed. We're headed in a new direction uh, the following month as we head towards the summer. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to to get back to where we where it all began. Get back to some classic Kevin Conroy and and uh, oh, yeah. Bruce you know, and I would Paul go, I would go so far as to say that this is the most important and exciting superhero related thing that is happening this weekend, the last weekend of <laughs> April is us announcing that we're going back to Batman the Animated Series next week. I mean, I nothing can't think else, of anything else that's going on. Nothing else will touch this. You know, I, I anticipate multiple, multiple media coverage uh, <laughs> of, of this announcement. It's, it's just going worldwide, no doubt. Yeah, don't spoil our scores, you know? I that's know right. Let, let everybody experience it for the first time, uh, you know, unspoiled. Come, come up with a hashtag for that. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's wrap things up here uh thank you all for listening as we always say thank you and uh, we appreciate any feedback that you give us tweet us liam runs our twitter page does a great job of being the dcau review twitter guru as i've dubbed him uh constantly over there talking with fans talking with other people that love the dcau uh so go talk to him have uh, have any thoughts about beware the batman please share them with us uh, maybe you're one of those people that was uh, kind of taken aback and not a fan of this, or maybe you're one of the people that loved it and were kind of disappointed that it didn't get a fair shake. Uh, tweet us at DCAU review. Liam, any thoughts before we go? No, I think uh, like you said, it's definitely want to hear some thoughts on this. And maybe if, if we were to do a second uh, Elseworlds month going forward, I might, might do some Twitter polls and try to figure out uh, another character or, if we spend an entire month with uh, maybe one of the three shows that we've reviewed this month, the the Batman Brave and the Bold or Beware the Batman, which one would uh, which one would you guys like to to hear more about? So I'll definitely be doing some Twitter polls and asking some questions of of you, our, our Twitter followers, soon. So definitely look out for that. Absolutely. All right. So I'm Cal, and I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye.